Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Before we get into the interview, I've got a small favor to ask. We would love a rating and review. This really helps us grow the podcast, and your feedback informs future interviews and where we're taking this. So if you can, please pause, go to your favorite platform, give us a rating, give us a review, leave some feedback. It really makes a difference to what we're doing behind the scenes. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. In this bite-sized edition from episode number 62, prolific best-selling author Nigel Marsh shares his process for writing books and how he manages to stay creative while also being aware of the commercial realities of being an author. And what all authors want is making sure the book will sell. Nigel provides insights into how he tries to stay creative with the outside pressure of the world beating down upon him. Anyone who's writing a book, anyone who's putting together a program, whether it's a website or going deep, will totally understand this. And he also discusses how being a creative person is a beautiful gift and a gift that needs to be nurtured, even if it is just a small way every single day. A lot of people who do listen to this write and want to speak and hone their craft. How do you write? Like, what's your process? Is there a, a warm-up? Do you write a certain time of day? Does the sun have to be in the fit passing of the equinox, or do you just do it? Talk me through the process. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, and, and stop me if it gets boring, but but so if it's about the writing, writing books, uh, I've got a very clear way of doing that and, and i'm lucky because i only do one every 10 years but th- there's different stages so for me and i'm very lucky penguin are very nice to me is so the first stage is i just create so leave me alone i don't want anyone's input i don't want anyone's input and i'm very disciplined i go to my little cabin with a cup of coffee i do it in the morning and i write and i write anything rhubarb 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 whatever it is i i just type when i get to a certain amount of words usually it's a thousand which is not very much but if you set it at a thousand you you, you overrun that you, you keep going you don't stop when you get to a thousand if you're in the middle of a train of thought but you can't not get to a thousand i get to forty thousand words and then i send it to my editor and if they say that's rubbish there's no point, then I stop. They never have done. If they say keep going, I go, thank you. No input. No one has seen it. I then do another 40,000. I've now got 80,000 words in a very disciplined way. I then say, right, I'm now ready for input. And then you get into a completely different, in my head, a completely different creative process. One has been creating. And the second is they now I'm responding to someone commenting on what I've written and then saying, so it's a different. You know, one thing, one is I go to my study, it's in the morning, cup of coffee, right away, no distractions, I get it done, very disciplined. And I'll talk about my values in a second, I've got four of those things. Um, but the second thing is disciplined, but it's different, because I'll go to my study and go, right, the editor made three comments for me to respond to, so I'm problem solving. They said, could you write less about your dog, more about your wife, and could you add a chapter here? So it's it's a different thing, It's it's directed rather than just pulling it out the backside. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it does. It's an interesting, it's different to the way I write. Are you planning an upcoming conference or company offsite? For the past 15 years, I've averaged speaking at over 50 events each year, and I still love presenting at conferences as much as I did when I first started. 
to explore the different presentations I offer on a range of topics and themes, including physical and psychological well-being, becoming burnout-proof, connection and belonging. That's a new area I'm, I'm really enjoying presenting on. Neuroscience and behaviour change, mental skills and leadership and culture. Or if you'd like to understand our fully integrated conference experience with pre-event diagnostics, activities throughout the agenda, including a morning wake-up, energy breaks, team-building activities and digital resources to embed learning. To find out more information and to download a brochure, go to andrewmay.com slash keynotes. Is that a legacy of being in agency? Is that how you designed campaigns? Is that how you went through the creative process to first just ideate? It's a find myself for using a buzzword, but just to come up with an idea shower. I had a meeting a month ago. You would have loved this. We were in there as a large financial organization. They said, I like Andrew, come in, we're going to have an idea shower. And an I, idea I, shower. Yeah, and I That's felt it. like I was channeling my mate I'm Nigel Marsh. I don't like giving advice. Yeah, That's how, it. how about like, just a fucking conversation and talk about stuff? An idea shower. I, I felt like you, but I just bit my tongue because it's a good gig overseas and I wanted to get at. But when do you have an idea shower to start, or is that something that's come from advertising? How did you land at that process? So, so I, I um, and I was actually on um, I was on another podcast recently where I was talking about this about creativity. It is I've, I've always had quite a clear view of distinct parts of the process, especially in the commercial. You, you know, if you're an artist and you've got a, a benefactor, do what you want. It doesn't really matter. You don't need to listen to you or I. But if you're in the commercial sphere, uh, I think there's separate boxes. So I do very much think there's, and it should be protected and nurtured. It's a beautiful process, which is creating. And everyone should go away, just create, whether you're painting, sculpting, coming up with an advertising campaign, writing a book, whatever it is, it's a beautiful thing. Just just create. Lovely. And then there's the making something happen. You go, well, you've written something. Well, you know, why would anyone want to publish it, Andrew, and blah, blah, blah. And then it's to do, it's a different thing. Is is you you've given birth to something. Now can you mold it into something that should exist in the world? And then the third thing, holy moly, is can you make money from it? And they are three, in my mind, entirely separate things. So I could write a book. Does anyone want to publish it? Well, I've written it, and then Penguin want to publish it. And then he gets, does anyone want to buy it? And you go, well, that's, you know, that's a, that's a different thing. That's, that's publicity and distribution and all those things. So it, it is trying to do everything you can to protect this beautiful privilege of being able to be creative. Because in the, in the main, the world doesn't want you to be. The world gets in the way, whether it's the school run, your boss, your colleagues, traffic or whatever else. It's a real privilege in your life if you get a little pinky bit of time, a little chink in the universe where you can just be the person, the creative person, the dear Lord intended you to be and, and put all, have your own personal idea shower without like when I sketch. is I, I, I did a sketch on the train this morning. No one's ever going to see it. No one's ever going to see it. I, I sketch it. Hopefully, I won't get arrested. The, the the feet of one of the ladies sitting across from me because it was crossed at interesting angle. And you go, but yeah, that process of me doing this, I'm just doing that. It's a beautiful thing. I'm just creating. No one's going to see it ever. And you go, wow. So protect that. If I then had to go around saying, who wants to buy this? Well, no one. But that wasn't why I did it. I did it because I wanted to be creative for my own purposes. So to to recognize and create and protect, if you want to, that separate part of your business. Two, two things on that. One is 
We're, we're going to stitch you up on social media and have you saying, I do shower, like there was no joke at all. <laughs> 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 Second thing, you know you can get locked up drawing ladies' feet. Yeah. I mean, I should, I should have said it was a bloke's feet. I mean, I mean, fully clothed. It wasn't, it wasn't anywhere, you know. And, and, and it wasn't, she didn't know I was doing it. Oh, Obviously, of course. That's fine. That's fine. When did you start drawing? I, I didn't know about this, this artistic yeah, pursuit oh, of yours. I, I've been, it's been a beautiful process, uh, probably 20 years ago. I mean, I'm, actually, here we go. I was about to say I'm useless at it. And, and I'm not. I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm not particularly good at it, but I've got to stop with the, oh, I'm useless. You know, no, no, I'm, I'm not useless. I've, I'm, I'm getting better because I, I do it every day. Interesting. It's your default. In coaching psychology, we talk about being in the weeds and having the conversation and getting up on the balcony. You just got up on the balcony and you corrected yourself then. So you're auto-correcting. Yeah. I'm, I'm not used to saying it. But I, I don't want to sell them. <laughs> would you do it in your book? Would you do your book on, uh, what was the 81? I like that. Yeah. Eager, erect, and 80. Yeah. Would you draw, a, would you draw pictures to go with that? <laughs> well, listen, hey, maybe. So, so I, I, I try and put pencil to paper every day. Yeah, so, why not? Yeah. But here we go. So if we go, oh, there's a book in there. No, there's not. Who wants a picture of some random's feet <laughs> on the Bondi Junction train? Nobody. You might be surprised. <laughs> there's a lot of people who have foot fetishes that listen to this podcast night a lot. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence Podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.